It's time for Push to Play, your weekly trophy podcast with Mindy and CJ. Hello, listeners, and welcome to episode 38 of Push to Plat. Firstly, I'd like to apologize. We are a little bit behind schedule this week. Yep, that's totally on me and my newfound obsession with Need for Speed Heat. I'm sure, I'm sure many of you that have me on your friends list are not surprised by that. But we are, look, we are finally here. And and it's a bit of a different episode. In fact, it's a bit of a fun episode for me, I think. This is a this is a special episode in a lot of ways because the man we're going to talk to today, he is well, he's a lot of things, but he's pretty special, I think. There's not too many people you find in gaming that are stand up, honest, and basically out to help you whenever you need it. But we found one for you listeners today. So a little bit of background before I introduce him. I stumbled across his podcast show about, well, probably about 18 months ago, if you like, just on a random search because I love to, I love to consume as much podcast media as I can. And I found it. And look, I have been a listener ever since. So before I, I blow him any more praise, perhaps I should I should introduce him. Today, listeners, we are lucky enough to have the owner of Proven Gamer, the host of the flagship podcast, Trophy Whores, and the other podcasts, Game Stuff and PG Spoilers. Tricky Mick, how are you today, sir? Wow, you are pumping me up to be something that I'm not, and I greatly appreciate it. I, I don't think I deserve as much praise you just gave me. Look, I no, I dis I disagree. So, you know, we started like, I don't know, when did we start? Like eight, nine, nine, ten, nine months ago or something. And I've been wanting to do this for a long time. But the the genesis of this idea came from listening to your your podcast. Now, you know, obviously, you know, we, we haven't been going anywhere near as long as you because you you've been going for eight years. Is that correct? Nine years, actually. So, nine years and over over four hundred episodes recently as as well. Can I ask you a question? Sure. Do you ever get tired of podcasting after nine years and 400 plus episodes? Yes, but, uh, there, uh, you know, I actually just recently took a break. I mean, due to personal issues, but there have been many times over the nine years where I contemplated whether or not to keep going. And... I don't know if your listeners know, or actually, if you actually know the story, there was a point probably about two or three years ago where all of us, every every member of the show, was just at a point where, like, we need to take a break. Like, we weren't, we've never gotten a lot of uh, emails or fan feedback. Like, it's it was always, like, the same four or five people commenting on the show um, outside of, you know, uh, what I call employees, um, on the site. I, and I use the, the term employees loosely because while they do work for Proving Gamer, they technically are just volunteers. Like nobody actually gets paid. And a majority of the money that the site does generate, 
uh, actually goes back into developing more stuff for the website. But you know, I went off on a little tangent there. But there was a there was a point probably about two or three years ago where we were all ready just like take a break, uh, possibly even just stop the show. And then we got the most mind blowing email we ever got, and it just lit the fire right back under our asses and said, you know what? There's a reason why we do this. There's a reason why we show up. And it was absolutely like mind blowing to get that email. And in return, we reached out to uh, the person that wrote the email and we brought them on the show and we rededicated the segment on the show. And it was like, the quick answer to your question, yes, there are many times where I've wanted to stop, but it's knowing that we're making a difference in other people's lives. And I know that sounds very uh, egotistical, and that's not the way I mean it, but it's there are people out there that look forward to our show every single week. And when we can't bring our full power to the show, we get told, and we're like, Listen, you sounded a little out of it this week. Are you okay? And, like, when you get those messages, it's like, wow, people actually give a shit. I'm sorry, are we allowed to curse on your show? Of course, of course, yes. Okay. okay. It's, you know, people actually give a shit, and it's makes it all worth it. I mean, even to the point where one day I was walking, uh, I was at PAX East, and it was, like, my second or third PAX East. And I was just walking down one of the hallways to go to a panel. And I was talking with the goddess. Uh, if, any, if any of you listeners don't know, the goddess is uh, my wife. Her gamer name is Tricky's Goddess. And, you know, she's Greek and it just all fit together. But um, we were walking to a panel and I was just having a conversation with her. And, like, somebody just turned around and said, hey, are you Tricky? And I went, yeah. He goes, Dude, I listened to your podcast. I recognized your voice. I had to say hi. Like, that kind of shit just, like, blows my mind. Like, the the fact that somebody who has no idea what the hell I look like recognized me simply because of my voice that he heard over a podcast. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? It's 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 mind-blowing. <laughs> like, and, and, like, uh, and I, to, just to touch base, uh, the email that we got that like really like lit the fire under ass that w- that was from Sid. Um, I know you're a listener of the show, and mm. we used to do a, a, a segment on the show called uh, Trophies and Tips. And then Sid wrote us an email, and he basically told us that uh, listening to our show got him through the death of his daughter. Like that, it, it really like he said listening to the show like, gave him the release that he needed when he was mourning the death of his daughter. So we brought him on the show and re-renamed the uh, trophies, and t- uh, tof- trophies and Tips section of the show, and we renamed it Sophie's Trophies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophie being his daughter that passed away. And we were doing it, and then it what, what's cool about it is we actually made it a priority to come up with some kind of trophy for the week. And then we were struggling some weeks. Like, we, 
And we started feeling like we were half-assing it, and we definitely did not want to do that because obviously this the segment is in a memorial. So we reached out to Sid and said, hey, do you want to do the tro- Sophie's Trophy every week? And he was like, yeah. And then we started having 15, 10, 15, 20-minute audio sent in by uh, Sid every single week. And, like, it turned into a competition, like, Sid had 167 trophy, uh, thousand, uh, 167 platinums. Oh, tricky! You're never gonna get there. And I'm like, yeah, okay, we'll see about <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, we, we 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 will get on to that later in this episode, sir. But that was, I remember you. I I didn't know that at the time, obviously, when I started listening. But I remember earlier this year, you you directed me back to that episode, and it was very it was very moving. So I know. I know exactly what you mean, and I know that actually we we borrowed, borrowed, shared one of your listeners, I think. I'm not sure if he's still with us, but he was for a time, and he actually sent in a comment a few months ago, and he said, you know, it feels like I, I know you and Mindy personally now. And, and like, I mean, for you even more so, because you have hundreds of hours of your voice now on the internet. I mean, it is like people people know you. It's kind of creepy in a way, I it, think. But... It, it really is, because, you know, when when I started Trophy Horse nine years ago, we were on this little independent site called Sarcastic Gamer. It's no longer around, but we started the podcast because Sarcastic Gamer had this thing where they had all their podcasts. And there was one random episode where somebody couldn't have made it to their PlayStation show, and I was very active in their forums. And obviously, people knew that I was very in, uh, informed about PlayStation stuff. So I was invited to come on to their show. Uh, ultimately, that show did not air for whatever reason. But the host of that show said, hey, you know, we have these community casts uh, where you can record a 20-minute podcast and submit it to us, and we'll, uh, we'll post it on the site. And I said, like, you know what? I really don't want to do that. Like, I don't know who I do it with. And so I, I, I sat on the idea for like two weeks. And then I I just randomly went on to my PlayStation uh, friends list, found two people that had the most Platinums on the list. And I reached out to them. I didn't know them from a hole in the wall. <laughs> have no idea yeah. how they got yeah. on my friends list. I said, listen, uh, somebody suggested I do a podcast, and we're into trophies. Obviously, you have the most platinums with me, the most trophies. Are you interested in doing a podcast? The first guy was like, no, not really, but, you know, we'll try it. The second guy was like, what the fuck is a podcast? (laughs) That was a valid question nine years ago, though. Yeah. Uh, So... We we uh, we actually did uh, our first episode. Um, uh, it was just two of us. The the one that didn't know what the fuck a podcast was couldn't make it actually to our very first episode. <laughs> so that was a great start from the beginning. But we released it, and then the owner of the site sent us an email. It was like, uh, we may have a problem here. It's like, well, what's the problem? Because your twenty minute podcast got more downloads than all four of our podcasts combined. And we're like, oh, we're we're definitely onto something here. Three episodes, well, two more episodes after that, I got another email from the owner saying, uh, we just can't host your podcast anymore because it's blowing up our bandwidth. So so I mm, so fantastic. I was like, 
okay, guess what? Show's over. And then I went to mm. uh, a Mafia 2 release party in uh, New York City, where I live. And I met up with this guy, and he said he was starting his own website, and he was a fan of our show, and would we become the PlayStation show? Because Trophy Wars, from the beginning, the, the first three episodes of Trophy Wars was literally about only how to get trophies. Like, we went into detail. Like, there was a trophy on Red Dead Redemption where a lot of people were struggling to get, and the three of us sat down. We were like, okay, this is the best strategy to get it. And everybody was like, mm. and then when I uh, went to this, the Mafia 2 release party, the guy was like, yeah, could you be our PlayStation show? Like, okay, we'll do that. That lasted about 20 episodes between before me and the uh, the owner kind of got into an argument. I mean, stupid nowadays, but it was uh, a <sighs> it it was an argument. And then uh, I turned to my two co-hosts. I was like, "You guys want to just fucking launch a website?" And that's what we did. And that's how Proving Gamer was born. It was like mm-hmm. it it was on a whim. None of us none of us wanted to do it. Mm. None of us really had any interest in doing it. But it turned out it was like, okay, if we're gonna do this, let's do it. And that's and that's the way it was. That's fascinating. Can I ask that? How do you find like nine years ago? You know, the the your PlayStation shows were thin on the ground. I mean, there's there's such a market saturation now of content around gaming. How do you how do you, how do you feel now about it? Like, do you do you do you think that? Do you see that as well, or do you think there's plenty of room for everybody? Well, there's always room for people to talk. The problem is, and you know, any of my co-hosts now will tell you, like. We do a PlayStation show, and we talk PlayStation news. Hmm. But you have to realize from the start, nobody's coming to your podcast to hear the news. Because they can get that from sites like IGN, Kotaku, and other things. People come to your show because they generally want to hear your opinion about things. And I was just talking to uh, one of... Daryl, who I think you've actually had on an episode, uh, just relaunched his podcast, The Loot Bros. Hmm. And uh, if you actually listen to PG Spoilers, that was, we did it, we just got released an episode where we were talking about our favorite gaming store that was requested by somebody in their community. And that person actually reached out to me today on Facebook Messenger uh, and you know, called me and said, hey, how do I launch my own podcast? Mm. And that was my number one thing. It's like, you cannot launch a podcast expecting it to blow up overnight. You have to be 100% genuine. I will never on my show talk about something that I don't really have the knowledge of. Like, there was controversy today because on our when we released episode 410 of Trophy Wars today, I was so flustered in the conversation with Alex and Yield, uh, my co-host, about an article about how the PlayStation 5 is stronger than a 1080 or a 1070 Super on a PC, the, the graphics card. And I was so flustered with Alex's argument that I didn't properly explain myself and what the article meant. And I got a lot of feedback about that. I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. How dare you speak about this? But I said to them, I said, okay, if I'm wrong, come on the show and correct me. 
Tell me what I'm wrong about. Tell me how I can change this. Tell me the things I could do. Because when you launch a podcast, you have to be genuine. You have to be yourself. You can't play a character. You have to be genuine because people will see right through that and they will turn it off. Most podcasts, uh, statistically, don't last past seven episodes, Mm. ever. Yeah, that's very true. It's a fascinating statistic, too, yeah. And here I am, and we just released episode 410, but I I don't know exactly, but I would say we've actually released over 450 pieces of audio on on that feed. But only mm. 410 are official episodes. And like I said, podcasting is all about being genuine, just t- telling people how you feel, right or wrong, indifferent. Just be honest. Like, yeah. one of the hot takes that uh, I said on the last PC spoilers, I was like, Breath of the Wild is a good game. It's not a Zelda game. <laughs> and people just don't understand what I'm saying. Because when you say, oh, it's not a Zelda game, they're like, but it says Zelda on the box. I don't give a fuck what it says on the box. It's not a Zelda game. And this is coming from a guy who loves Zelda, can tell you every bush to burn, every block to blow up, every rock to push in the original Zelda. I had the Master Sword before going into the first labyrinth. Like, I have a Master Sword and Hyrule Shield in my house that I bought at medieval times. I have Zelda tattoos. Like, I am a Zelda (laughs) guy. And, like, you immediately say something and people want to attack you. But you got to realize they're not attacking you. They felt like you attacked them. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they're retaliating. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. like I said, you when you podcast, you just have to be genuine. And that's why, like, to, to the long answer, uh, the short answer to your question that I got really long-winded on <laughs> is... There's always a a place for people to podcast. But if you're doing it for any other reason than being genuine and just getting your voice out there, it there's no place for you. If you come on mm-hmm. trying to be fake, you come on trying to make money, this isn't the place for you. Yes. I've never done trophy horse or Rand Proven Gamer in a way to make money. I mean, yes, we have a Patreon, but that's a way for... that. The Patreon was launched as a way to start paying my staff, saying, okay, listen, you guys have put all the work in. You guys are, you know, to deserve to be compensated. And the, mm-hmm. granted, the Patreon didn't take off the way I wanted it to. And to be honest, I never really expected it to. We have awesome... Patreon producers, uh, your, yourself is one of them. And, you know, as much as that's greatly appreciated, you know, if, if you decided tomorrow to stop your, you know, your, your Patreon pledge, we'd still be podcasting because we're not doing it for the money. We're doing it for that hour and a half to two hours every week where we could just say, fuck the world and just sit here and talk video games. Hmm. Mm, that's a lovely way to to put it. I like that because I think I mean I agree with you. The the part of the the reason, well, not part of the whole reason, as some listeners know, that we started this show was because 
I just wanted to talk to some of these people that I'd known as screen names, perhaps for for years, or not for years, for a couple of years, or or some that I just you know you just don't have the opportunity to to talk to. I think, and you know, like I think I've been like I often say that online honesty is more important. You know, maybe even more important than in real life because there, there's so much trust involved. You know, in in a person you don't really know and all these things. So so as you say, you have to be open. You have to be honest, and I think. I think anyone would agree. The more, the the longer you go on, it, it's too hard to keep up and act anyway. I mean that that's not going to that's not going to happen, you know, over the long term. So I no, I totally agree with you. But I mean, the, one of the wonderful things that you know, just to elaborate on your point that that we were trying to do, as I said, was basically to give a voice to like yes, we've had some people that you know have a way bigger voice already, and they don't need need any of our help. But also people that maybe just want to come on as guests because not everyone wants to jump in and you know start up their own podcast or whatever else. But a lot of people have stories, just you know that they they want to share or you know be given the opportunity. So I think. I mean, in a way, it's very selfish of, of myself and, and, you know, perhaps Mindy as well, but but in a good way, I think. So I, I hope that we're, you know, we're adding something to it because we're definitely, and, and it sounds like you are as well, we're definitely getting much, out, you know, very many positives out of it. And, you know, as, as a, with everything, listeners, there is far more to life than money. You know, that just uh, that's just something that, that eases the path, isn't it? Yeah, so that's that's interesting. Okay, now, can we... Can we go across? So we're a little bit different today, listeners, but who cares? We got a um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's always a little bit different when I'm in control, Tricky. So just be careful. Uh, <laughs> so we have a question here from uh, one of the listeners in Discord, our Scottish noob or nub, uh, if you prefer, sir. And he stated he, he posed this as sort of just a generic question, I think, but I'm going to pick up on one point of it. But I'm interested to hear your your answer. And it's three things that annoy you about gaming. Can can you limit yourself, Tricky, to only three things that annoy I, yourself? <laughs> I don't know if I can limit to three, but the number one answer that just came up to me is the console wars. Mm. I okay, obviously I am a PlayStation fan. I'm what you would call a Sony pony. Yes. <laughs> I talk shit about the Xbox all the time. I talk shit about the Switch all the time. But at the end of the day. I really don't give a fuck what you play. If it makes you happy, play it. That's right. Yeah. No, that's I like. I actually hadn't hadn't even thought of it in that broader term, you know, across the consoles. But that's that's interesting. And we, you know, we looked at this before. But you know, this this is interesting for me as well. Your opinion, like, really, don't you think now they're basically all the same? I mean, the, the games, ninety percent of the games are on all the systems anyway. Performance issues aside, or whatever else, I mean. Now more than ever, it's the same ecosystem between all three. Well, I w- I would. Uh, there's an argument to say that the console wars are over, hmm. because I I you know as I said on Trophy Horrors uh, many times, you know we we recently uh, did a story about how Sony has sold over a hundred million PlayStation fours, hmm. and moved themselves into second all time on the home console list. Yes. And while that's a great number, when you, when you follow that up by saying, well, the Xbox One has only sold 30 million, hmm. you, you, you like the brain immediately goes, well, Sony's kicking some ass. Like, Xbox is a failure this generation. Okay. That's a valid thought to that information. But then when you break down that the Xbox One has sold 30 million 
and that they've actually outsold the Xbox 360, Microsoft's not a failure this generation. They're still kicking ass. Yes. It's just not as much ass as Sony is with the PlayStation 4. Well, I mean, that's debatable. Have you heard of this thing called the Game Pass? I didn't bring my numbers with me today, but what, what, oh. you, what, what is this thing? Anyway, let, look, let, let's, you know, let's leave the Sony pony alone for a little while uh, okay. over there holding his... Uh, I wonder how many Xbox owners just buy a PlayStation, though, just to put it on the corner of their, you know, their living room and just go, oh, look, yes, <laughs> I've got that over there, you know, but here, Xbox Game Pass. Look, who, who knows? Who, who's to say? You know, on, on that one. Okay, I like that. What about something else? Is there something game-specific that annoys you rather than system or ecosystem-specific? If, if I'm... First-world problem. Uh, yes, of course. <laughs> the original Darksiders, the only reason I do not have that Platinum is because when you have a game that is one style of gameplay, and then you throw in a completely different style of gameplay that makes no sense in the general direction of the game. And in the case of Darksiders, it was a hack and slash Zelda type. Most people describe the original Darksiders as a cross between God of War and The Legend of Zelda. Two of my most favorite franchises ever. So I love, you know, I obviously I would love Darksiders. Then for whatever flipping reason they decided that in the middle of the game, they're going to put an angelic beast uh, flight sim into the middle of the game <laughs> and tie a trophy to it <laughs> that the controls are so ass that there's no way in hell you go from, I'm going to hack and slash the shit out of this game to, oh, well, now I have flight controls and I have to try to fire on 108 beasts that are tinier than a mosquito. Like, that annoys the piss out of me. Like, just let me play the game. Like, why does it have to be a fight sim in my hack and slash? <laughs> I do. <laughs> That's, that is a good that is a that's a nice throwback. I like that. Yeah. Now, look, I'm going to take a hazard a guess that the third one for you, because we did say three things, okay. listeners. He did ask three. I'm going to take a guess. You know, I know you somewhat well. I'm going to take a guess that the third thing that it probably has annoyed you is pre-ordering and then going through with the collector's edition of Darksiders Three. Ah, was that a was that a was that a wise investment? You know, now in hindsight. Yes. How's the game there? How far did you get in that? Not far at all. <laughs> but that's not because the game is bad. It's because... Well, it's not because it's good either. Well, okay. I, I I have not played enough to say whether it's good or bad. <laughs> fair, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> and that's because of uh, a, a real-life problem in my life and that there's a giant-ass spider in that game. I just cannot oh. play it. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah, like, it's like one of the first bosses. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, well, you can tell how much of it I played. Then, so. <laughs> it's, I mean, I, I love Darksiders. I actually have Darksiders Genesis, the collector's edition, pre-ordered. Yes. Um, and, But even if Darksiders 3, which kind of pisses me off that came free on PlayStation Plus. Yes, that's right. I, I bought the collector's edition just for the statues. Yeah. Yeah, and they are they are impressive statues. Yeah, and then I had I have to get the uh, collector's edition Genesis 
Because it actually has the fourth horseman. <laughs> so I have, to, I have to complete the set. The physical DLC has roped you in. I like it. <laughs> there is um, no escape. <laughs> but, okay. So the, uh, I actually have a legit third answer because now that you brought up Darksiders. Oh, please, please. And again, this is a first world problem. I've gone digital, all digital with my games, whether it's the, the Switch or it's my PlayStation. I cannot for the life of me because it's pretty obviously we're heading towards an all digital future. Like they're going to get rid of the, the game just because it's going to be cost cutting mm-hmm. and it's going to be cheaper for them. Mm. Why do we still have collector's editions that come with physical copies of the game? Why don't we have collector's edition that inside the box has a code for the download? It's a, yeah. I heard you talking about this recently. That's a, it's a very good, a very good point, because you went on to elaborate that you end up selling the the physical copy anyway because you want to buy it digital. Right. I uh, the the yeah. When I bought uh, when I bought God of War Collector's Edition and I bought the Days Gone Collector's Edition, I actually sold it, the game, to a buddy of mine for fifty dollars, which is ten dollars cheaper than he'll get it. Well, actually, fifteen if you want to count the tax, cheaper for him. And then I went and bought it on uh, the PlayStation Network. Mm. And that's the way I play my games. Like, there's uh, one physical copy of a game in my house right now, and that's only because it was sent to me by a friend because I made the Next Life donation. And it's annoying the shit out of me that there's a physical copy of a game in my house. <laughs> I, I, I almost legit, um, you could ask my wife, I almost brought it to GameStop. To see if they would take it in so I could buy it digitally. Yes. yes. I like that it annoyed you that much. I well, just can't live, live with this physical disc anymore. Well, it, it annoys me because there's no barcode on the box. It actually, oh, says, it, it actually says not for resale. Mm. So I couldn't, mm. I, like, even if I brought it to GameStop, like, they have no barcode to scan to take the trade in. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is interesting. I like it. Well, look, Scottish knob. Let me see three things that annoy me. Well, one, my 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 answers. If here's a first world problems, then mine are real trivia trivialities. <laughs> I can assure you, because mine are not that deep. They're they're pretty uh, they're, they're pretty weak now. I think. But one of the, my my um my pet peeves, I suppose you could say, is I do tend to buy a lot of games early on in their, their life cycle, I suppose, when they come out. Don't, so, don't, don't we all? Yes, that's right. That's right. And one of the things that annoys me is when the trophy list doesn't sync, uh, which is fine if it doesn't sync for a couple of days or whatever, but, but sometimes it doesn't sync for ages, weeks and months. And of course, that causes a problem in the, and I'm sure you've, you've had this before, Tricky, it just causes a problem in the, the percentage count up every time you try and, you know, sink your trophies and it can like i don't know this for sure although this has happened so many more well, quite a few times to my system i think it also doesn't help in this you know eventually corrupting your system and of course you know then then you're losing trophies and stuff like that so that that's one of my annoyances also interesting enough tricky it's annoying because just recently i bought the unicorn princess beautiful game tricky i don't know if that would interest you yourself perhaps your daughter i, I, uh, I don't i don't even know what the hell that is but uh, <laughs> look i'm, not I'm sure. definitely 
I'm definitely interested. Yes, well, so was I, because I thought it might have had a plot. But of course, when the list doesn't sync, you, you never know. It's like playing Russian roulette with the game. You don't know what's going to happen. And you don't know how long you have to play to get the first trophy, which is, you know, as listeners know, very important for me, the first trophy and then one and done. Uh, but, you know, you, you play it and you have to wait to get that first one before you can even sync the list offline on your on your console or whatever and see the list to see what you're doing. So that's probably one of the annoyances. And then the other annoyance for me, and this is a little ironic, is games that glitch. So I don't really get this. This hasn't happened to me because I think when it does, I just give up anyway and just move on. So it's not it's not an issue. But recently in the need for speed, I spent substantial, and I don't know if this has happened to you in a game before or not, Tricky, but this this frustrates the living, living fuck out of me, is uh, you had to do this heat chase thing. And I did this. I got it up to five. I did the race. It all worked. I was driving back to, you have to make it back to the garage, right? So I'm driving okay. back to the garage. I'm almost there, you know, dodging the police because I don't want to trigger them because then I'm really stuffed and all this sort of stuff. Now I get there and I'm like, okay, I'm almost there. And I look up and I notice that, because you have to do a race when you're at this level, that it says I'm in first, but the counter, the, the timing counter is still counting and i'm like but the race is finished what's going on and the because you're, you're playing this online the game had somehow glitched so it didn't think i'd finished the race even though i said i was in first and everyone else had finished so it wouldn't let me go into the garage okay now what was so i couldn't go in i couldn't finish it and then the game glitched out i couldn't get that trophy so the annoying thing was it probably took 15 minutes to get to that point Listeners, it now took me almost four hours to manage to replicate that race and that situation to be back in the same situation to get that trophy. So basically, if the game had worked, I would have saved three and three quarter hours, which, you know, Tricky, I know you're a division player. Three and three quarter hours is like five minutes to you. Yep. But for me, that's a, that's a substantial set. I mean, that could be a couple of weeks of gameplay of that game. So that, that was the major, a major annoyance. And then... Ironically, I never get a positive glitch. I don't know if you, you want, you know, if you have, but then ironically, I think the game was paying me back, but perhaps it'll get me in the end, listeners, like these often do. It gave me the trophy for clearing all the ramps in the game, which is not that, you know, hugely difficult, but I had one left to do. So I always get nervous. I don't know if this happened to you, Tricky. You get the trophy before you've actually completed all the requirements. I, I, that's happened to me and, uh, Oh, luckily it worked out in the end. Hmm. But I, I, I will tell you um, something that happened to me, uh, and I can say this on your show because I know Alex and Yield uh, will not listen to it. <laughs> I, there, Alex and Yield uh, and other hosts of the show have given me shit many, many, many times about the trophies I get, like the platinums I get, because. They're not real games and blah, 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 blah. To the point where we actually started writing up the Trophy Horse Bill, Bill of Rights, and hopefully one day we'll get it ratified. <laughs> Long story short, Alex made a deal with me that if I get a platinum in a certain game, that he will never give me shit again. Mm. And I got the platinum. Oh, is it, so you actually got it. I, I wasn't aware of that. Well, yes. <laughs> That's a long uh, well. Yes, because I got it, and I because I was I was playing the game offline. Oh, because I did not want them to know that I was working on it. And when I got it, it was one of those moments where I was gonna go, "Oh yeah, you're gonna give me shit, sink," and then they can shut the hell up at that point. Hmm. That was all well and good. And I started executing my plan because uh, the game was Vanquish on the PS3. 
Oh, yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So I hooked up my PS3, set it up line, and I went to, I hit the button to sync the trophy because they started giving me shit. And halfway through the sync, the PS3 died. Oh. Oh, no. <laughs> and the, and the trophies never went to the oh. server. Any of you, them. You know, I have a feeling I know whose account they may have appeared on, but we're not going to talk about that today. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but that really pissed me off. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that really would, yeah. Because yeah. Well, that was, like, nobody I know, like, nobody I know actually has that platinum. Mm. And mm. I wanted the bragging rights to say, I got the platinum you, none of you could get. Well, we're going to get into what you're playing. In fact, maybe we'll, maybe we'll, we'll just m- push across to that now. So why don't we attack what you've been doing? Because that's what interests me, Tricky. You know, you, you, you call yourself a trophy pimp. I mean, right. no one could argue that over the last couple of months for what you've been doing. So what I want to know, and maybe, you know, I could tell the listeners what you've been doing, but I'd rather hear it in your words. <laughs> maybe, maybe you can tell me. What interests me is this is a, like, you know, and obviously I don't judge because I've done a ton of this VN spamming and stuff like this, but this is a big shift away from the way you gamed before. So why, why did you make this shift? And what do you think? Like, I mean, beforehand, I think you must have thought this is all just a joke if you even knew about it. Now that you've done it, you know, and you've done it, you've really done it, my friend. You, you've really <laughs> hit that one. Why, why, you're in deep. Why, how do you feel about it now? Um, okay, so before I started hitting the visual novels, I think legit I had, I want to say, 130 Platinums. Mm-hmm. And I've I've actually been called a cheater because two of my platinums they looked like I hacked them, but I didn't hack them. But unfortunately, I can't prove I didn't hack them. But then, um, mm-hmm. we had our mutual friend Daryl, who started platinum in everything under the flipping sun, and he passed me in platinums to the point where he was talking shit. Like, every week, like, oh, ho, ho, I got more Platinums than Tricky. And it just lit a fire under my ass, and I said, you know what? Screw it. I started buying the rat games. I was like, you know what? I'm going to pass him. <laughs> and then a friend of mine um, said, hey, listen, why don't you try visual novels? And I said, okay. And I had done one on the Vita. Like, I think we got one. Uh, free on PlayStation Plus. And uh, somebody told me it was a visual novel that basically all you had to do was just, you know, go through and make certain choices. And the game basically ran itself. And I was like, okay. So when my friend uh, later told me about visual novels, I was like, okay, uh, no big deal. I'll just knock out like five or six of them past Arrow and, you know, be done with it just so I could brag to him that I passed him. And then all of a sudden it was like, 70 platinums later, I'm still doing it. <laughs> There's no light at the end of this tunnel, is there? <laughs> well, see, what made it so appealing and what the reason I kept doing it is because what I would do is I would download the trophy guide. Uh, actually, not download. I would, I would print out the trophy yes. guide. And that, because uh, first they all started out on the Vita. And I have this little stand for my Vita, which uh, 
You know, it's like a little kickstand that you just, you know, drop the Vita in, it charges it. And I would sit on my couch and, you know, just check off the boxes. And as I was playing the visual novels and watch Netflix or Amazon Prime Video, and I was like, I was going through all my shows. I was watching my wrestling. I, and it just, like, before I knew it, I was like, damn, I just got 10 Platinums in less than a week. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I and I really wasn't ever holding a controller. Hmm. And I was like, okay, let's keep going with this. <laughs> and then it just, and then it got to a point where I was like, you know, let's just keep going. And like I said, now I have 229 Platinums. And like, I actually just took a break. I was like, you know what? Let me, uh, I, I got to play a real game. Because in the mix of this, I was playing Division mm-hmm. 2, even though I've had the Platinum for a long time. Uh, Division 2 actually was, um, it was, was it my 200th Platinum? I think it was my 200th Platinum, which also was my 10,000th 10, trophy. Mm. That was nicely snuggled in around the VNs, wasn't it, at the time? Well, that was actually before I started oh, it was before. the VNs. Okay. Yeah. So I've had, I, I want to say, for I, I, some reason I want to say, it was, no, it wasn't my 200 Platinum. It was uh, not my 100 Platinum either. Um, I think it was like 120. I don't know. It, whatever it was, it like it worked out where I hit a nice round number of my Platinums and a nice... Uh, ten thousand trophy. It just worked out that way. Like I didn't plan it out. It just, I went, huh? That was my ten thousand trophy. Yeah. Okay. And then visual novels hit, and now it's like at two hundred twenty nine. But I think it's two hundred twenty nine. It's very, very impressive. Yeah. yeah. See what I, what what I find interesting about you is there's a lot of similarities with us. We buy basically everything. We play everything for about five minutes or so, and then we move on to the next thing. But you have this, where we deviate is that you do find a game like division two and you really, you invest in it massively or whatever else now, which, which I like, you know, as I've said before, more power, you know, to you and to people that can do that, because I I think it's, there's, there's something in, there's just something fantastic about finding a game that resonates with you and, and you can do that do that for so i'm definitely definitely not against that but you tend to find people that do that they don't partake in this darker seedier side as well so you're you're in an interesting position you're on both sides now now that you've seen the other side you know and as you said you're taking a break what do you think do you think that's enough do you think you you know you've had enough of that side or is there a balance to be found or is it just full-on vns like what's the future for tricky it it really my gaming fluctuates. Like hmm. I, I will go on a tear, and then I won't play a game for three weeks, and then I'll turn on one day, and I'm like, I'll, I'll be sitting there watching Netflix. I'm like, huh? I want, oh, I wonder what's going on in Division Two. Oh, so and so is playing. Let me hop into his game, and then I play Division Two for like three months. So my gaming really fluctuates on what I do. I, I don't ever. I don't ever put an emphasis on saying, oh, well, I have to get this platinum or I, I, I have to play this game. Other than work for the site, I don't play a game for any other reason than I want to play it at that time. Even when I played uh, God of War, I got a free copy of the game. 
Uh, no, no, not God of War. Sorry. Horizon Zero Dawn. That's what, that's what it was. Mm. Um, they were giving that away free, were they? <laughs> what a surprise. Oh, oh you, I hate you. <laughs> look, no, look. I know that is a, it's a fan favorite for the Sony ponies, so I'll show some respect. They, they, I, there was an embargo on it. It's like they gave me the game, and they said the embargo was up in 10 days from the day I got it. And most sites and most people would rush through the game so they can write up the review and, you know, be able to talk about it. I refuse to do that because it, it goes back to the, the what I was saying about podcasts. Nobody comes to hmm. your podcast or your website or your article to get the news. There are news sites out there that do that. They want... They come to your site or your podcast for your opinion. And I absolutely refuse to ever rush something just to get my opinion out there. You want to know my honest opinion about Horizon? Listen to me talk about it on the podcast. I will tell you what's good, what's bad. And I don't sugarcoat it, and I won't bullshit you. And I missed that, that deadline by, like, three weeks. Like the, the 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 here here was the the time we could talk mm. about it. Mm. It wasn't until three weeks later where I said, "Okay, this is what I think about Horizon," because I won't compromise my 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 integrity just to hit a deadline. That's look look that that's admirable. And I tell you what's even more admirable about that speech there is you somehow managed to get from spam games to Horizon Zero Dawn in the same breath. That is fantastic, sir. I'm impressed because because Horizon Zero Dawn is a fantastic. Yes, game. well, I look. I, so I, is the last. I summer. agree. There are a lot of parallels between that and Spam. So moving now, what oh, I want to ask you, you that that was a cheap what shot. I, what I want to haven't you listened to our show? I'm full of them. Uh, what I what I want to ask you now because you've played more of this than me, and I'm interested in your opinion. And I did listen to your your recent podcast. I thought you were a little bit shortchanged because I I don't think. I don't think your two co-hosts were too too big of fans of this game, and I, and I understand why. Can you can you talk to me <laughs> here a little bit about Death Stranding? Now, just in case, Tricky, you didn't know, this is by Kojima, and I know this because his name appeared 10 times in the first 20 minutes of the game. So I can say for sure <laughs> that this was by Kojima. Unless the latter section of the game was made by someone else, you can let us know, but I'm pretty sure. Actually, that's my first question to you. Does his name continue to come up throughout the game or just in that first 20-minute block? Just in, just in the first See, that is disappointing, minutes. isn't it? But anyway, that's enough of, of me talking <laughs> about this game. So you know where I got up to. Without Now, some of our listeners are playing it, so without you know major spoilers, you know, if, if such a thing exists in this game. Obviously. Yeah. C- can you talk to me a bit about it? Like... Is that possible? Okay. Yeah. yeah it, okay. The <sighs> With any Kojima game, you have to understand that the story is not going to just be served to you on a platter. There's going to be so many layers attached to it that something you do in hour two won't make sense until hour 60. Mm-hmm. And you just have to accept that. Basic, what you're doing is you are delivering packages. And in the process of delivering the packages, you are trying to rebuild America. A lot of people call it a walking sim. 
that's not entirely inaccurate. You're not just walking. There are different elements to it. Yeah, well, you got to balance too, don't you? <laughs> See, I knew you were going to do that. Mm. Yes, you have to balance. But there's an art to the balance. Because <laughs> you like if you overload yourself, then your stamina is going to drop. Your boots are going to wear out quicker. You know, do, do you carry this object on your left arm? Do you carry this object on your right arm? Do you carry this object on your back? Do you store it in a private locker to go find yourself a bike or, or go attack the, the mules so you can steal their trucks so you can deliver your packages? And then on top of all that, you have to figure out, well, is it worth stealing a truck to store all these packages on because I'm not going to be able to drive because there's no roads built yet? So once you get to uh, chapter three of it is when the social aspect of the game really steps up in the fact that, okay, we have to build some roads. Well, I have 500 metals, 400 ceramic, and, uh, you know, 1,200 crystals. This road needs 10,000 of each. So I put in what I can to help build that road. Well, now, CJ, you come along and you find that exact same spot and you go, okay, there's this much attached to it. And now by the time you got to it, it only needs 50 metal. Mm -hmm. Well, you were walking along, you found 50 metal on the ground. It's not for a mission. You know what? Let me throw this 50 metal into the auto paver. So now that section of the road is now built. So now when I, when I have to deliver my packages, I'm going, okay, I'm going to be traveling a really far distance. So it benefits me to build a road. Oh, okay. CJ came along. Well, I don't know it's you. CJ came along and finished up the road. Now I can drive that truck to go deliver this package. Mm-hmm. Or I come, you know, I come to a certain uh, building uh, and there's auto deliveries. Like they, they have this little bot that's basically just like a set of legs and from the waist up is just like a, a, a cage for carrying packages. Okay, now I know that road's built. I can send this auto delivery to Ohio and it's going to take 45 minutes in real time to get there. Yeah. But I know that it will be safe to get there because CJ came along and built that road. Hmm. Or, you know, it, the social aspect of the game is like everybody's got to work together to rebuild America. Hmm. Now, on the flip side of that, why do you have a baby on strapped to your chest? What the hell are the BTs? <laughs> Like, all that stuff has yet to be explained. Yes. But what Dead Stranding is, it's a a social experiment of everybody coming together to rebuild America. We -hmm. don't know why America is destroyed. We don't know why we have babies in uh, artificial wombs that we carry on our chest that flips the hell out every time that, you know, I take a step. 
why are the BTs hanging in in the sky that like to send uh oil people at me and if they catch me they're going to I'm going to be attacked by a half octopus half whale so it's intriguing in what you're doing but it's just crazy enough to keep you there like yeah it, but I can understand why people don't like it I can under people understand people that don't understand it but me coming from the metal gear world and the crazy bat shit story of metal gear like i i have the patience and i have the understanding to say okay i may not understand this here but i know that it's going to be explained later yeah that's uh, i like that description and i like how how yeah i mean you're, you're talking about you, you know, you're not really revealing anything there, listeners. So, you know, you don't, you don't have to concern yourself. One thing I want to ask is just with that, that mechanic, that loop, that gameplay loop of the deliveries and things, uh, like it's, it's a fetch quest loop, if you like, is that, I mean, and I know that's a very addictive loop. I mean, most JRPGs are built on that loop or whatever. It gets you in and, you know, and, and, and you, you get drawn into that. It can be a fun gameplay. Is that gameplay loop enjoyable to you, that, that part of the game? Or it, it is... But then again, it's not. <laughs> yes. Because, and I say that because I like the idea that I'm walking this 150 miles to deliver this package that's going to help somebody, even though I know it's a fictional somebody. But inherently, me as a person in real life, I'm a truly nice guy, you know, I, I could be an asshole. Mm. Uh, I, I mean, I have that New Yorker attitude. Uh, my wife uh, is a very nice woman, but, you know, I don't know if uh, your listeners have ever heard of uh, the phrase, don't ever date a woman, uh, woman from Brooklyn, New York. It's 100% <laughs> true because they have some of the worst and bitchiest attitudes. But in, going back to me, I'm generally the type of person who will literally give you the shirt off my back to help you out. And I've done it. But there are some people that piss me off and that I won't do anything for. So when I look at this game, I look at the fact that this guy is hungry, so I'm going to deliver a pizza to him. And I literally, legit, did a mission in the game where I had to deliver a pizza to a guy and the the uh, mission details was don't turn the pizza sideways because it will ruin the pizza. I keep it flat. Mm. So you have to think of the creative way of how do you keep this pizza flat? Because you can't carry it on your arms because then it's sideways. But you have other packages. So how how am I going to get this pizza? Because I can't put it in between two boxes because it will get crushed. I can't go up that mountain because I'll be at an angle. Like it, it makes you think it's a, it's a puzzle in the same aspect of you trying to help people. And it's fun, but yeah, it's very re re repetitive. And I get that, but just the idea of me doing my part to help out it, it, that's what keeps me going with it. Yeah. 
It's it's interesting because I know we, we we did you know a, a sort of a, a comparison on the game a little bit last week without without going into the game more about about its you know acceptance or you know reflection or whatever with gamers and and how it's gonna you know how it's gonna go or how it's gonna take to them or whatever. But everything you've described it does intrigue me. This social you know social experiment, the loop to a degree perhaps as well, and the and the intrigue. So yeah, it, it's. I suppose my issue, and I'm going to pull you up here because I know you said this on your last episode of your podcast, is that while you've described all this, I think Alex or Yield, I, I forget who I apologize here, they said, but do you do you know at this point, and I know you're you're midway through the game or wherever you're at roughly, do you know what's going on? And you said no. Does that concern you? Okay. <laughs> like, I uh, mean, in a normal game situation, you would no. have a rough idea by that point. No, because... and. Uh- Okay, this is going back to what I was saying about Kojima and the Metal Gear games. Did you ever play the Metal Gear games? No, I didn't, no. Okay, I'm going to spoil a major aspect of the Metal Gear games. That's okay. They've been out for long enough, I feel. <laughs> um. Okay. So, you know that Metal Gear originally came out on the NES, Metal Gear 1 and Metal Gear 2. Mm-hmm. At the end of Metal Gear 1, you defeat and kill Big Boss. Okay. Okay. In the second game, Big Boss is back. And you fight and kill Big Boss. That's a a, a classic trophy, uh, not trophy, uh, video game trope. Like, yes. defeat the bad guy. Like, how many times have you killed Dr. Wily in Metal Gear? Yeah. Or, excuse me, uh, Mega Man. This is a suspension of belief, yeah, thing. Yeah, right. reality burst. Yeah, of course. Okay, so then the Metal Gear games go away, and then they come back with Metal Gear Solid. And it starts off by saying, you're gonna, you, you gotta go kill Big Boss. But by the, end of the, by the end of the story, you find out it's not Big Boss, it's Liquid Snake, which is your brother, who was born out of a Petri dish. And when you do the second game, you have to go after Solidus Snake, which is another brother that came out of the same Petri dish. And then you play the third game, which is a uh, a prequel to the first... It's a prequel to everything that happened. And then you go through that entire game and you find out that what you thought you were playing... You thought you were playing as Solid Snake the entire time. You were actually playing as Big Boss. Mm. Then you come. Then the fourth game comes out, and now you're old man Solid Snake, and you're finally completing the missions of the first two Metal Gear Solids. Mm. And then Metal Gear Five comes out, and they tell you from the start that you're playing as Big Boss. And then the the, the game starts, and then uh, you're seriously injured. You come out of the hospital, and then you go on. You complete these missions. And then you get to the end of Metal Gear 5 and you find out that the entire time you were playing Metal Gear 5, you were playing as a copycat big boss because the real big boss decided to wipe your memory to make you believe that you were Big Boss so he could actually go and build Outer Haven, which was the boss, uh, the, the base 
for his uprising that you have to take care of. So you find out that you played the entire game as the fake big boss, even though you believed you were the real big boss, and it ties all the way back to the original Metal Gear game on the NES because you play as the big boss that you killed in the very first game in Metal Gear Solid Five. See, I am familiar with the Japanese logic. I play a lot of VNs and the absurd, you know, time-bending reality and bullshit. I suppose, and that, that's a fascinating, you know, that's fascinating. I've, I don't need to play those games now, so I thank you for that. But, uh... <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sorry, but... but I, my, I was my, never going to play my, them, Mike, I show you. <laughs> okay, okay. But my point being is, is knowing all of that and knowing that Death Stranding comes from the guy who linked a game 25 years later yeah. back to his original story on the NES, which was four consoles ago. Yes. Yeah, no, it's impressive. Like, yeah. He plays the long game. Now, granted, I, I'm sure when he made the first original Metal Gear game, he had no idea he was going to tell this in depth of a story. Of course, yeah. but when you look at it, like it took so long for all this to make sense. And then I had an argument with Donnie, a uh, former co-host of the show, uh, where we argued back and forth. He's like, that's not big boss. I'm like, no, that was big boss. It's just not the big boss. You thought he was. Yeah. That guy legit thought he was the real character. He was he was living that life. Everybody talked to him that way. Everybody treated him that way. Nobody had an idea that he wasn't the real big boss. There's only one person in that entire game, in that entire story, that knew where the real big boss was. And you and he tried to kill you. Mm. That's interesting. See, now when you when you put it that way, I, I can see the especially for a fan like yourself, I can see the draw for it. The only thing, and I'll preface this with, because I haven't played these games, but I preface this, say, you know, it's a similar idea. With a movie, I know there's been a big trend, you know, in the last few years, and I'm not sure that you would watch these movies, Tricky, because they're not made by Marvel, but they are where nothing oh. happens, you know, like it's, it's like just a coming of passage, a life movie, if you like, where it's, you know, it's building up something you think is going to happen, and then it just doesn't. Nothing happened in the whole movie. It was a waste of two hours. Now, I, Which movie was this? Well, just, just this, this trend of movies that, uh, you know, it's been in quite a few you know that it's just like they're just life dramas and and at the end you go well yeah that's just how life is or whatever so now my question relating back to this game is because obviously we don't know the ending you know and we're not going to talk about it anyway um neither of us are at that point you know definitely not for me but do you think like are you gonna feel because as you said the mechanic is okay but you know whatever if this doesn't have such a big ending like this are you gonna feel cheated or is it not gonna worry you are you because it seems like you know you're looking for this out of all these Metal Gear games, you, you've, you've seen all this, it's all there in these. What if this is going to need a big payoff, I think? And do you think that payoff's going to be there for you at the end of this? Yes and no. There's going to be a payoff, but it's not going to be the payoff that everybody wants. Hmm. 
because I believe this story is going to go on. Maybe from a different perspective. It's okay. This is a little bit of a spoiler, but it's not really spoiling anything. When you, in Death Stranding, when you go into your private bedroom, um, I would say nine times out of ten, when you leave that room, you have a flashback partially explaining where the BB comes from. Oh, from in the private bedroom. Well, look, Tricky, if you need some help there, I can inform you where the BB came no, from. No, no. But... no, 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 no. See, you twisted my <laughs> words. And, um, But there's actually a part of the story where the, the guy goes... I'm still trying to find out where BBs come from. And if anybody doesn't know, BB stands for bridge baby. Which is in itself is a disturbing term, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I can't explain to you why they're called bridge babies because that is a spoiler. Okay, that, no, that's, that's good. Thank you. But, I mean, sorry, continue. No, 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 I was going to say, uh, so to answer your question, there's going to be a payoff at the end of this game, but it's not going to be the big oh my God, why did I spend 100 hours playing this game mm. kind of payoff? And just, just, just to warn you um, <laughs> and you listeners, I guess, why I have not beaten it myself, mm. it is my understanding that once you get to the end of the game, the end cutscene ranges anywhere from two to four hours, depending on how much you've done. Oh, wow. Excellent. <laughs> That's that's a that's a uh, that's a commitment. I mean, most of my games tricky don't go for two to four hours, so that's gonna be a that's gonna be a massive achievement. because <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, can, can I ask you? I hope there's no pause button either. I hope he expects you to watch that whole thing in one sitting. Listen, I if you play a Kojima game, you have to realize that you're gonna watch a a, a half an hour cutscene and then have like five minutes of gameplay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I um, understand. And and that's just his style of game. Yeah. I do remember uh, years ago, year, I mean, year, um, years ago, I beat one of the Metal Gear games. It had to have been the first one. And there was an option where you could literally just watch the cutscenes. And the entire time that I played mm. the game, I, you know, it never really dawned on me, like, how many cutscenes there were, or how, you know, how long they were, because I was so engrossed into the mm. story. Then I sat there. It's like, you know what? I got nothing to do. Let me sit here and watch the cutscenes. Three hours later, I finally got to the boss fight. I was like, holy. <laughs> I fell asleep, woke up, like, oh, still going. Fell asleep, woke up. Holy shit, still going. Three hours later. At no point did I go, why am I still doing this? Because the story was that intriguing. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's like that's a good sign. And, and Kojima's already said that, like, his next adventure, he wants to make a movie. And I'm thinking that a movie is just make another game. That's a movie for you. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. Well, you, that's actually a perfect point because I'm not I'm not adverse to the longer cutscene. Having played Final Fantasy 14, it it definitely had its fair share 
of the of the longer cut scene and sort of here listeners what i'm doing is i'm segueing you can tell the tricky has no understanding or knowledge of how our show runs so it's become an open open chat which i'm quite enjoying but i i hope i'm not boring him at this stage yet he'll, he'll tell me if i am uh no you're, you're certainly not boring me it's just uh i'm really tired Yes, and I just looked at how long we've been recording, and it doesn't even feel like we've been talking this long. I know. I look. I I hear that. You know. I'm I'm often told by people that I say a lot of words that mean nothing. So you know, that's <laughs> that's where the time has gone, tricky. So look, I'm just going to loop, loop in very quickly because what's happening, listeners, as we said, is we are very late. You know, in in releasing this week or whatever. So I'm not going to talk too too heavy on what I've been playing because we'll, I'll carry that across to the next one. Otherwise, we'll we'll be here forever, and I don't I don't want to you know twist uh, tricky's arm that long. So I just. But just to pick up on that longer cut scenes, I just wanted to, you know, inform the listeners. As you know, we had this this bet with, you know, regard to Metacritic scores of Death Stranding and Need for Speed. Unfortunately, you know, we both over, overshot the mark there on on our prediction. So we we uh, myself and the Scottish noob were to start Final Fantasy twelve, the Zodiac Age. I believe he played for three hours, and then he decided that it was not for him Final Fantasy twelve, which is look is understandable. Uh, so he has now switched his game to Death Stranding, which is probably a longer game anyway so fine by me but i did start final fantasy 12 i will talk more about it next time but one of the things because I, I know many many people have played this i'm not sure if you're familiar with this tricky this is like a, a ps2 game if you like that's come back uh you know re-released for the ps4 so one of the things that i was worried about listeners in this game is that there would be too many systems for me to to you know to to sort of understand the, the, the license board, the job hunting, you know, all, all this sort of sort of thing going on in the story and all this sort of thing in the gambit system, of course. I'm happy to report, I think, I don't know, maybe three hours in, that it's actually not as overwhelming as I as I first thought. So, you know, if that was a concern for you, you know, don't don't let it be. Of course, I'm sure it's gonna it's gonna open out or whatever, but I was actually surprised at the number of cutscenes in this. They're only only short or whatever. So not not what I was expecting, but I think I think one of the interesting things for me with these Final Fantasy games is that I've been playing them in reverse. So Final Fantasy 15, 14, and now 12. And if we if we take Final Fantasy 15 as, you know, completely separate from the the the, the standard games, which of course it was an Assassin's Creed-esque Western RPG almost, and we go then to 14 or whatever, which is the the MMO. And now coming to 12, I can definitely see the similarities of how they got to 14 some of the systems so for me that that's been great it, it's like i don't know i don't know why i waited it's it's like a glove i think but i think with these final fantasy games i i don't know i sort of start them then i need to put them down and then maybe you know a year later come back and they feel more comfortable so i am looking looking at uh looking at getting further into that and enjoying it but one of the things i'll preface for the people that have played it mr zador i'm in the early stages doing a dungeon and it actually warned me that this is a very difficult area to get out of so i should not save over my save so i've never had that before listeners in a game i don't know if that's just specific to me because it knows my abilities or not but you know it's something it's, it's something that you know i don't know, freak me out a little and then what else can i drop on you listeners as I alluded to at the start, I have been playing some Need for Speed Heat. I have finished, well, basically all the story trophies. That's, that is all done. All the racing trophies. I'm now in the collectible grind. And there are a lot of collectibles. A lot, a lot, a lot um, tied in with the activities. Unfortunately, they only appear on the map as you drive by them. It's always interesting that you could have put... I'm going to 
has it, I guess, at 38 plus hours into the game and still not have driven everywhere on the map to un- unlock them all or show them. But that, you know, that that is that is what it is. I have a few tips for this game if you are going to dive into it. And as I've said, you know, I've been generally positive about it. I think it's an improvement. On the last one, again, if you don't like these games, obviously you're not gonna you're gonna not gonna like it. I'm not so sure that the the removal of the you know the last year's gear system or whatever else in Payback where you use the slot machine wheel. I'm not so sure that this system is better, but I'm suppose some people will like it in that you unlock the top parts now through races, heat races, you know. But potentially, I think it. I mean, to get them all, it perhaps could even take longer. But look, you don't need them all. There's no trophies for it. It potentially makes getting some of the, the collectibles easier, I suppose. But, you know, not not required uh, if, if, you don't, if you don't want to. So I think, uh, sorry, tips for this game. So what I would suggest is if you are going to play it, is find someone to boost the online with. You need to win 25 races. There seems to be an aversion to other people joining. So you're not you're not playing in a full server. You're playing in usually a, a side room, if you like, of, of up to eight gamers at, at once, a maximum. So it can be difficult. I mean, sometimes there are only two or three in the, the room with you, but even if there's eight, it's difficult to get people to join. I don't understand why there is good money, uh, 40% money kick and rep kick if you do the online events. So perhaps that will improve in the future, but that, that will be a challenging trophy to get uh, if you are playing by yourself. I would also suggest always playing online uh, at least until at least until you you get that online one because if you if you don't know anyone or you're playing by yourself there is a chance that you know some randoms will open up an event which helps you out or whatever else i would also suggest that you just focus on the story uh, and the racing it is very easy and then save as much money as you can you will get you get awarded cars anyway but save enough money you get about a million or so so you can buy one of the high performing cars and start the collectible hunt and the activities hunt because that will lead to a ton of money because even if you fail on a try you're going to get a thousand or 2,000. So you'll build that back up and go from there. There is a trophy for level 50 joining a club, but I believe that's retroactive. So you can actually join a club that is level 50. And I understand people are kicking people out so that you can get that trophy there. And then the last one, because the man himself has returned, the last one I'll drop on, and I'm going to tie this in with the new releases a little bit here, listeners. The last one is Narcos Rise of the Cartels. So tricky. I don't know if you watch the Netflix series here of Narcos at all. I have not. You have not. So it's a, look, it's a great series. Anyway, it's fantastic about Escobar, uh, you know, his life, life and times. I mean, un- unbelievable, fascinating or whatever. The game is a strategy, uh, top-down turn-based strategy game. It's good. You know, it's, it's a, a quarter price game. So it's, it's reflective of its price, I think. But it has scenes from the movie. I understand about 10 minutes worth of contact or whatever. You've got the characters from the movie. I do not believe you have the voice actors from the movie, but the voice acting is still, is still part from the TV show, I should say. But the voice acting is still passable. It has a good leveling up system. You can choose your recruits. It also has a system where if your recruits die in the mission, they are dead going forward. So you'll have to recruit others. So it does have a nice team hinge of difficulty. I have a feeling the AI plays on a loop. So once you understand the movements for each of the missions, you're pretty much set. There is around 12 missions and then various side missions that come off it as well. So I wouldn't class it as spam, although if the AI is on a loop, it will become that with a with a video guide. But it's quite good. And if you enjoyed the TV show, I would I would definitely recommend checking that out. So look, that's enough of what I've been playing. That covers the new releases, I think loosely oh yes well the only other one 
because we're recording late. Tricky. Now, I know you will have never heard of this one. Demo Reborn. Never heard of it. No, I didn't. I didn't think so. So look, Demo Reborn. So this is a, a music rhythm game with a story. So this is almost like a VN here. Elements tricky, but you have to do some work. So perhaps not for you. I Probably don't not. <laughs> Probably not. So this was an iOS and Android game from 2013. It was released on Vita uh, in 2015. For those people that played it, it was a bit of a nightmare game because they sold the DLC separately. And depending on what region you were, you couldn't even buy all the DLC before the re- Vita trick. So it was a bit of a nightmare. Anyway, this is a remake for PS4 with VR elements, Tricky. I know you like your VR. So I, I, do, I am a VR guy. Yeah, VR elements, it does have a plat this time. So my understanding is the plat will be potentially a little bit difficult because you do have to ace some of the songs or whatever else. But we'll see because I picked that up this afternoon and we'll be trying that before we record again, listeners, so I can let you know. But if you're if you're looking for a music rhythm game, that could be that could be something to to look out for. Yeah, perfect. I think I think I just nailed all that while you stepped away for a second there, Tricky. I just smashed it out in record time. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> so, listeners, that sort of covers the new releases for this week. We'll, we'll cover a little bit more in the next episode. As you can tell, it's a little bit of a, a free-flowing episode. Now, we, we've already touched on the, the spam games, Tricky, so I just want to, just because, you know, this week in particular, I've been reading about this devaluation of trophies it's devaluing the market has crashed tricky they're not worth anything don't put a rush on your bank you're not going to get anything yeah the bronze has lost its value you know which look you're from the u.s you're used to this sort of situation at the moment but what i want to ask you because as we you know we, we talked about earlier in the episode you know you you, you know you're not I, I mean you're playing some spam now but you're you're you know you're, you're a real gamer tricky yeah, you're not you're you. not a spam you're not a spam gamer <clears throat> daryl do you agree with that i don't know but you know that it is what it is do you think having participated in these games are they devaluing your trophies trophy experience um no and i'm gonna tell you why uh i i know you personally were not able to participate in it but in the united states sony rewards had a program where uh for you could earn uh sony points for obtaining trophies for every 10 Platinums you were able to get, you got 1,000 points. For every, I want to say, every 100 Silver, you got 250 points. And for every 100 Gold, you got 500 points. So over the course of the program, which is now over, um, mm-hmm. I wound up getting close to $500 in PlayStation cards for earning trophies. So, so are they devalued? No, because I made $500 <laughs> off of it. So I like that. You, you, it's a literal value. So you maybe you can do it right. Yeah, I heard that. What are the, the funniest things here? And I'll tread carefully here because I wouldn't want to tread it on your toes, of course. But one of the most amazing things I heard was, now I don't know if you did this or you want to talk about this or not, Tricky. I don't, don't think you did. Um, or whatever else, and, and more power to the people that did. But this concept of actually playing these games on multiple accounts, these very quick five-minute games, because you could cash in in some way across multiple accounts. I'm not sure how that worked. But, look, 
ingenious i suppose you know there's... absolutely absolutely yeah excellent excellent well let's 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 leave that i it was a shame that that was only in the us and not not around the world that program but you know look it, it is it is what it is there so okay so with that now the other thing i wanted to ask because you're you're not really a leaderboard player are you like you you couldn't give a rat's I, no i I, I i don't i mean it, it it is nice to brag about saying that I got more platinums or I'm ranked this. But it's what I'm I'm driving at is because ultimately, you know, you're, you're as you said, you're playing in a race against Daryl or whatever else, you know, which you at this point are winning. Oh, it's 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 yeah, it's no yes. longer a race. Like I've yeah, destroyed, so I've destroyed every any credibility <laughs> yet. So that that motivates you or whatever else. I know a lot of our listeners that are, are more on the trophy horse side are motivated by the leaderboard. You know, that's what what pushes them on. You know, you're a gamer from before trophies. You know, so. Yes. Like, does it even matter to you? Like, outside of this, you know, this little friendly rivalry you had for a while, and you know, as you said, the, the dramas with the, the the whatever with the game and stuff. Do you think like any of this stuff matters, or it's just you're playing yourself anyway? It's just a personal record. When somebody asked me uh, about trophies, I I simply say, they go, "What's the point of getting a platinum in a game?" Hmm. And I said, "It's bragging rights." It's it's a way for me to turn to my fellow gamer and say, I was able to accomplish this. Because, I like, CJ, I don't know how old you are. I think you're about my age. Mm. But back in the day when, like, when we were kids and we were playing video games and, like, you, you would go to school and you're like, hey, I was able to do Sub-Zero's Fatality. Oh, you're lying. No, really, I did. Oh, yeah? Show me. And there was no way to show it. Yes. But now in Mortal Kombat, there's a trophy for doing uh, Sub-Zero's Fatality. Yeah. So now I can go, I did Sub-Zero's Fatality. No, you didn't. Yeah? Here's a trophy for it. Yeah. I like that. It's bragging rights. Yeah. I like that. I wonder, I think sometimes that's been lost in the this ecosystem, you know, this small, and it is, it is tricky. It's a very small ecosystem. I mean, what did you say? A hundred million consoles sold, you know, how many of those even care about the trophy? It's a very small ecosystem. And so I like that. That's what, what it should be or whatever else. And I I often, you know, I, I I pause and I wonder, but that's why I wanted to ask you, because, you know, being on the outside of this, you know, this, this fantastical world, uh, it's interesting to see perspective. The only other question I want to ask you about this then, because, you know, considering you, you do play on other systems or you, and you have in the past or whatever else, say in a hypothetical world that Sony chooses to abandon trophies in the PS5. Oh, say, say it ain't so. Okay, so that would still be an issue for you. <laughs> yes. Okay. See, that there's always that little barb, isn't there, that pulls us back or whatever. I find that well, interesting. I, I well, see, <laughs> trophies are so much ingrained into my gaming mm. that um, I've never gone back and played Heavenly Sword. Yes. Solely because there was never a trophy patch. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So you are you are more like us than I first thought, perhaps. <laughs> now I have an, uh, just another point. I said I was going to finish, but as a listener, as yeah. I go off on a, a tangent uh, on this line, I don't know if you saw recently, but Phil Spencer for Xbox, he came out and talked about this 
this idea of, you know, a play, you know, he's talked about this for a long time, a play anywhere type system with his games across, or with Microsoft's games, not his, uh, across, you know, the, the PC or whatever else, potentially the phone in the future Xbox. Now, they're talking about the idea of this play anywhere being one list. So, and I know, I know that this isn't the case always with Xbox games. We've talked about this before, but primarily this, you know, it's not like PlayStation where we can do a Japanese stack. We can do a Hong Kong stack and we can do a North American stack. We can do what other, whatever other stacks you've found, because I know you've found a lot recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so what do you think? Now, there is a lot of dissension about the number of stacks. Again, being someone that's outside playing for yourself, when you, you know, and I, I, I assume you've known about these stacks that you could do this for some time, but you've, you know, you're really taking advantage of it now. What do you think? Do you think it's, do you think it's cheap, dirty, or nasty, or do you think it's all within, within fair play? What, the stacks themselves be, um, are the stacks dirty? Yeah, would you, would you like to see it move in this direction that Xbox is going to potentially move in where there is only one stack for a game? To be honest, I I really don't care. Yeah. Because, okay, I, I like the idea of uh, well, Super Weekend Mode and Daggerhood mm. were two rat games I got the the PlayStation and Vita versions in the Hong Kong market, the England market, and the United States. I got six platinums, uh, and I bought the game three times. I don't like the idea that I had to buy the game three times. Yeah, I wanted the platinum, so like, yeah, I I understand buying them, but now mm. if Microsoft goes to one list, I understand that because inherently, like at the core. I don't understand why there are stacks to games. Like, I that doesn't make sense to me because essentially it is the exact same game, but for some arbitrary reason, which I do not know, it it has to be, okay, well, this is the England version of the game. Right, but I'm able to play it on my United States PlayStation, so... What's the point of it being a different region? Like, that never really made sense to me. I mean, granted, I took advantage of it, but it, it, it doesn't make mm. sense to me. Now, I understand, like, in certain markets, like China, and I'm not trying to shit on China, but there is censorship in the game. But then, you know, what's censored in China is not censored in the United States, but hmm. there, there's some games that are censored, uh, not censored in China, not censored in the United States, but cannot be sold in Australia. And that never really made sense to me. Now, I get the fact that, you know, it's three different governments and they're choosing what's appropriate for gamers, but, like, yes, that doesn't, that shit never made sense to me. It's like, they, I I know there was one game that was recently banned in Australia. Oh, I, I don't remember what it was, but they legit had to change the entire game and take something out mm. before the Australian government would accept the game to be sold. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean Australia Australia definitely has a, a history there. I mean, we never had an you know an R rating system that that you that the the American system adopted for for a long long time, you know. And and it's funny here in this country the the problem is not so much with violence, it's with sexual violence. That's where the line is drawn here. And look, you know, I, I'm not going to say comment either way, but I mean that that's what happened in Outlast too, which ironically. You know, these were two, I don't know if you're familiar with this game, this horror game, Outlast 2. It was basically two stick silhouettes having some, you know, sexual uh, pleasure over a rock, which may have been forced. And, uh, or not, it's hard, it's hard to say, but whatever. And that was was enough of a reason here. But ironically, it, through appeals and stuff, that was allowed through. So it, I don't think anyone really knows how the, the censorship works in Australia. Let me ask you a question. Grand Theft Auto is arguably... Uh, a very controversial game because, you know, you can beat up a hooker, take the money back and all this mm. stuff. I don't think Grand Theft Auto was, uh, was mm. banned in Australia. But just for the sake of this question, let's say Grand Theft Auto was banned in Australia. They, it cannot be sold digitally or physically. Yes. If you were to log on to your North American account, is it illegal for you to download it there? Well, I, I think, see, again, I'm not a lawyer here, but I think how this sort of stuff works is that if you have possession of it, it's not necessarily illegal. It's not X-rated or, or beyond X-rated or whatever. It's the, the actual buying of the product within Australia would be considered illegal. So no one's allowed to sell it. But, I mean, you, you bring up a fantastic point. I mean, you're, you're dabbling in Asian games now, but there are a lot of games on the Japanese store uh, or, or, you know, you can import from Japan that would not be allowed to be sold here and have been banned in Australia, you know, for, for whatever reason, some perhaps rightly so as well, you know, depending on, on your point of view. But you can import them into this country, you know, d- through varying degrees of success sometimes. But it it is possible. So I think I understand what you're you're saying. This is censorship and, and all that stuff aside, though, I think I think the stacking, I think, it you know, it's the publishers taking advantage and, and more power to them or whatever. If we had a global store, I suppose, you know, that would well, you know, that would well, solve this problem. See, like. You just brought up an interesting point. Like it just triggered something else in my mind. Like hmm. if if a developer is able to sell the game in different markets and like, for lack of better terms, exploit the trophy hunters and say, okay, hmm. we could sell the game one time, but if we put it into different regions and we make the platinum somewhat achievable, then we can sell the game three, four, five times. And and yeah. I get that. And what point that brought to me is I have an argument with um, Yield on my show, which to everybody, to each their own. Do, do what you want to do. Your money is your money. You spend it how you want. But uh, this is also tying back into your, uh, your reader's question in Discord. Mm. It, it bothers me when a game comes out and somebody is intrigued in playing it, but they'll say, oh, I'm going to wait until it hits the bargain bin. Because in my eyes, you want the developer to make as much money as possible because you want a sequel to that game. Case in point, look at the original Tomb Raider. The original Tomb Raider, the reboot, sold 6 million copies, and Square Enix said it was a failure. And that they didn't know whether or not they were going to make the second game. And when they did make the second game, they chose to make it a Xbox exclusive for a period of one year because they sold out to Microsoft 
to guarantee that they were going to make the money that they were anticipating off of the sales from two. So when somebody says to me, I'm going to wait for the game to hit the bargain bin, but it's a game I really want to play, I get pissed off because I'm thinking, if you really want to play the game, then you're probably really going to want to play the sequel. So you need to support your developer. You know, the, the, the class old argument of, uh, you know, when something happens in a video game, they say vote with your wallet. Meaning, well, if you have a problem with the game, don't buy it. Send a message to the developer that you're not going to put up with this bullshit. Well, that works the other way, too. You really want something, go support the developer and, you know, vote with your wallet. Go show them that you really, really want this game and that you really, really would appreciate that if they take the time and spend years of their life developing a sequel to it. You, you've got no argument from me there. One of the, I mean, this is, I, you know, I know you love your technology and, and this is one of the things I find interesting with gamers is that, you know, in the tech world, early adopters is not, like, that's just a thing, you know, and it's understood that early adopters are basically paying the R&D costs for the general public that will do what you say, buy it later. But there does seem to be this this thing in games because, and, and again, it, I don't, you don't hold any judgment. I think the games industry has its own problems as well in the, the fact they're releasing so many games. It's, it's pushing games to the price, you know the price drops quicker and quicker but there there is this thing as you say of buying the game at you know a full price or whatever price is really frowned upon which you know i find i don't you know i don't know it's just an observation tricky i've learned doing this you need to be you need to be like an observation mode don't you it's safer to say it's an observation than to make a judgment call <laughs> Well, listen, I, I, I'm from New York. I, 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 I pull no punches yeah. in what I'm saying. Like, and and just just to be clear what I was saying about Yield, I inherently don't have a problem with somebody like Yield saying, oh, I'm going to wait until it hits the mm. bargain bin. My problem solely exists with the fact of saying, I can't wait until this game comes out. And then when it comes out, you don't go to the store and you buy it. You don't, you know, buy it digitally. You don't buy it physically. You just go, oh, well, uh, I'm going to wait until it hits the bargain bin. Well, do you have the money? Yeah, 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 I have the money. But I'd, I'd much rather wait because my backlog is so big. To me, that's bullshit. Because if you really wanted the game, then add it to your backlog. Don't wait until it's half price to add it to your backlog. Go buy and support it. I think I think you make a very good point, and I think I think we're on the verge, you know, perhaps not with the AAA studios, they're fine, but with all these indie devs, with so many games coming out, that we are just not gonna, you know, this is not it's not sustainable, it's not going to continue. Every anyone with half a brain knows that, and you know, I, I think some people don't realize how on the edge some of these creators probably are financially as well, probably how in debt some of them are on these smaller games to, you know, realize this dream. So look, no, I totally, I totally agree with you. Look, listeners, I get the feeling we could probably talk forever. This is, I like this tricky because, you know, I mentioned this to someone else the other day that my favorite gaming podcast and maybe I'll ask you this as well to wrap us out of here because we've covered everything else. My favorite gaming podcast is the Giant Bomb podcast because they literally just talk and there's no script. They just do whatever. 
you know, and I, I think we've had a bit of that today. I, I enjoy that. Can I ask you, what's your favourite gaming podcast? Is this no script thing a bit much for you? I know your show is sort of scripted to a degree with, you know, your stories. You know what you're going to do. Well, what, what I, do you like? I, I don't think scripted is the, the, the proper term for my show. No, organised, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to say structured. Yeah, and, structured. Um, what, like I, I mentioned earlier in uh, this show, but uh, Donnie used to be a, uh, a host on Trophy Horse. And then he branched off and he did his own podcast and he brought me on that show uh, and we talked about a very uh, controversial topic. Mm. And at the end of that show, now granted we had, me and Donnie had done over 200 episodes together Mm. of Trophy Horse at that point. He goes, I liked you better on this show than I ever did on Trophy Horse. Yeah. And I said, and I was like, I wonder why. And then I thought about it. I was like, because when I'm hosting Trophy Horrors, I'm, for lack of better terms, the boss. Like, I have to keep the show going. I have to try to maintain that it's, you know, no more than an hour and a half. I have to make sure we mention this. I have to make sure that. And I have to play devil's advocate. Yeah. On a show like today, where I'm, I could literally just close my eyes, listen to you, and have a conversation with you, and I'm not worried about anything. That that it, when I can be me, because one of the drawbacks of being the host of Trophy Wars is a lot of times I don't get my opinions out there, because I'm I'm so you know I'm so focused on reading the news, getting Alice's opinion, getting Yield's opinion, and I really don't ever have a time to rebut and say, well, no, you're not really correct about this, and even the conversation we had on four ten where we were talking about PlayStation Five being uh, more powerful than a 1070 Super. Like, Alex's argument and what he was saying is not wrong, but he had me so flustered because I was trying to get to the point of saying, yeah, the PlayStation 5 is is more powerful than a uh, 1070 Super, and a 1070 Super costs $700 by itself. mm PlayStation 5 is going to be more powerful than that and probably much cheaper than that, and not to mention all the other features that are going to be in it, the memory, the disk drive, and all that other stuff. And I got so flustered that that was never mentioned on the show. Yeah. So on a show like this where, I mean, granted, I feel like I'm kind of hogging the time and talking way too fucking much, I enjoy these shows because... I could just sit and have a conversation with my friend. Like, I, this entire time, like, unless I was looking at my computer screen, I never once felt like I was recording a podcast. I felt like I'm just sitting and shooting the shit with a friend. And that's my type, my favorite type of podcast. That's uh, that's lovely. Uh, look, I feel I feel the same. And look, you know, we, we you know naturally we, we tend to run it two hours. So you know, the I, I feel that the conversation <laughs> runs as long as it as it needs to. You know, I think you know, and I think I mean we as I said, I think we could probably talk forever. But but you know, we 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 you know we we should we should give the listeners some sort of shape here because you know we 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 tend to otherwise you know listeners as you know Mindy will will discipline me later with the whip perhaps because you know. What have you done, CJ? What is what is this garbage? But you know, <laughs> no, look, no, you, no, know, so, you know, taking that the wrong way, that sounds kind of dirty. Well, you know, look, it can be what it can, whatever you want it to be. So, look, my my only structure here to bring in is I need to ask you because it is a it is a 
it's a it's a quorum of this of this show. What do you feel about Mega Man? Mega Man? Yes. Um, Mega Man. I love Do you have any feelings? I loved the games as a kid. Um I remember my favorite Mega Man being 4 and my argument to that cuz I know people will say 2 and 3 are are, are better. My argument before being the best is because that's the one that really I really got into. Like I played one, two, and three before I played four, but four was the one that I really dived into. I found all the secrets. And that was back in the day where you had Nintendo Power. There was no internet to go, hey, where is this power cube? Like I legit found everything on my own. And I loved it. Uh now going back. Those, I have no idea how the hell I played. Those games are way too fucking hard. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree. Like, how, how did I ever play this game? <laughs> now, the other the other question I have to ask you, as I said, it's part of the rules of the show that Mindy has left for me here, is now Absolutely. this is only a yes, no, or pass answer. Yes, no, or pass are your options. I say one word, you say yes, no, or pass. It's only once. Metroidvania. Yes. Oh. Well, that's the last time you're coming on. Thank you very much for, for that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, we're not going to elaborate. It's, that's the instructions. Yes, no, pass. So, <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, not at all. Look, look. That Mindy, is for... I, I, I don't like that rule, Mindy. We got to change that rule. <laughs> well, t- technically, that's actually my rule. So, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I think that's more than enough well, on that. Then, then, then Mindy needs to crack the whip a little bit more. Then, yeah. Look, I'm, I look. I have a feeling it's going to be cracked. So, we will, we will see. We will see. So, look. Now, what we do, tricky to sort of close out is we we just take a look a bit of a stab here at these what we think might be spam games coming up on the the psn profiles games coming up list so i don't know now of course we don't know so we just have a bit of a a speculation so i don't know if you have the list available at all um of you know of trophy lists that are coming but look i'll throw one out there you know while you're bringing it up if if you wish to partake in this uh, debauchery uh and it is the police chase you may have remembered listeners months ago i mentioned this game the list has finally come out it is only a hundred percent game though i warn you it does not look like it's that short but it is it is kind of fun and easy so you see how this works tricky is there anything you'd like to throw out on that list uh, i do not have the list in front of me oh um good so um, unfortunately so i'm gonna have to uh follow your lead on this one Okay, well, look, I'm going to make it very short because we, it is a quick turnaround on the recordings this week, listeners. So I've got to leave something for our for our next episode. So the only one I'm going to throw out for you, we talked about stacks today. Uh, why not throw this one out there? The Distraint Deluxe Edition JP. But if you've been following the Rat Games, you know that every Friday uh, they release an Asian stack of something, pretty much. So... You know, look, look, more power to them and more power to you as you crack your 30 Platinums a day for this week, listeners. So just as we get towards the end, I have to also do tricky here. I feel like I'm leading you on a leash. Be careful. Uh, to the, the shout-outs. Now, this is something we do tricky here, the Push to Platinum Club shout-outs. We do this not randomly, like... Yield you know, once every 10 years. <laughs> uh, we, we, we do this each week, but predominantly so I don't lose track of it uh, and it doesn't get out of control. So I'll whip through this uh, quickly if you'll, if you'll bear with me. Olsero, uh, who has been on fire lately, platinum number 575 medieval. It's great that you get to unlock the PS1 version when you finish the game. Well, that's good that you think that's a plus. That is excellent. Redbeard Rick, number 93, Terminator Salvation. Wow, we're really, we're really wow. digging into the bag today. That yes. was like my third platinum ever. 
Yeah, he actually says this used to be considered spam plat back in the olden days. It the, still the, is. It's well, it still is a long still one. Is. Yeah, and and look, he's followed it up with number ninety four, Late Shift, the Japanese version. I don't know if you ever played Late Shift, Tricky. It's it's a FMV game. It's actually quite good. I uh, think I have that on my PS four. Yeah, yeah, you should check it out. Mindy makes multiple appearances this week, listeners. Number 540, Lego Movie 2. You'll remember that she was playing some of that game when we talked to Daryl the other week. So that look, that has obviously worked out well for her. She also appears at 541 with the Scarlet Mysteries Cursed Child uh, and uh, an Artifacts Monday specialist by the master of the Art Monday text guides there. So be sure to check that one out. If you if you so desire, and I believe she has one more tucked away up at the top, perhaps two, the one night stand as well up on the top there. So my goodness, listeners, you have been busy this week. Look at this. I, I need to stop playing one game. Obviously, you've gone you've gone mad. De uh, Eastside or Eastie number five eighty two. Cat Cat Quest two. That's that's a fun game. I'm enjoying that too. Number 438, Zador VP B Simulator. Overall fun experience, but too many glitches. So, sir, in the future, you probably shouldn't recommend that game for people to buy if it doesn't work. And then we've got... Oh, this is a great one, Tricky. You may get to this in your spam-a-thon when you run out of the five-minute oh, games. Boy. Eastie here, number 583, Aladdin Lion King. I don't know if you know about this. This is the... the Not port. happening. It's straight, well, there's, there's a fantastic... He says here, 10 out of 10 would skip again. So that's a that's a perfect game for you. I've done that. It is it is that, a great skip. Yes, I enjoy that. It. That is that falls under the Mega Man. How the hell did I ever play this game category? Yeah, well, they've actually added those games were impossible. They've added a skip button, so you don't have to play it anymore. So you just fast forward and watch it play. It's fantastic. But there's a few other things there. Zador number four thirty nine, Strange Brigade, and he thanks myself, Chernobyl Ninja, and Frozen Antifreeze in uh, helping him knock over the MP. I'm not sure uh, multiplayer i'm not sure how helpful i was but it's great that you got that plat and and a very enjoyable session as well uh to those boys so thank you dat one seagull we we sometimes borrow him uh tricky but you're welcome to him back plat number 205 and he got the gravity duck congratulations sir that's uh that's an uh-huh. achievement i gotta i gotta cut you off real quick please you can keep jt yes well he he don't you you do not have to give him back you can keep him. That is my gift to the Push to Plat podcast. Well, thank you. He's actually been on our show twice. He's a delightful member of our community. And he actually reminded me this morning that I am behind this week on the episode. And when was it coming up? So so thank you for that. That hurry up, uh, JT. We will... just, just, for the, just for the record, I love JT. Yeah. I just... I love giving him shit. Nah, he's a he's a he's a great guy. So look, I think that was a lot this week, listeners. That is fantastic. Please feel free. Now I've just realized because we are turning around and recording again tomorrow for the following week that I will have no shout outs. So maybe I better earn a platinum tonight. <laughs> That's unlikely. We will see. But look, anyway, if not, if we don't do any next week in the next week's episode, you hear that is why. So look, listeners, we've been all over the place today, but what can you expect when two hosts collide? I think. I think it's been very enjoyable well it's been very enjoyable for me and i want to thank you tricky for carving out the time to speak to me today thank you for having me yeah not a problem at all and look if if you so wished to be found where could the listeners find you you can find me on everything uh at at tricky mick the website proving gamer Uh, we have the trophy horse podcast which is the flagship show don't let daryl fucking lie to you (laughs) oh god uh you can listen to his podcast pg spoilers and we have another general gaming podcast called Game Stuff. You can find me on the PSN, on the Tricky Mick, 
Yeah, everywhere. Tricky Mick. Uh, I if if you ever send me a message and I don't respond, it's literally because I'm sleeping or skipping a Japanese visual novel. No, no, I, I'll even talk to you during that. <laughs> oh, fantastic! Yeah. If I don't answer you, I'm sleeping. Look, and he's a lovely guys, uh, guy listener. We didn't get into all his work with charity today with Extra Life and things. Well, I'd like to do that again in the future sometime, uh, you know, another another time. But a fantastic guy. And look, I really do respect your time today. I wanted to thank you. I've been looking forward to, you know, because we're on opposite sides of the world. It is difficult to to sync time zones and talk. You know, we, we, we message what? a lot, but it's nice yeah, to, well, it's, to talk. It, so. it, it, yeah, well, it's actually easier because right now, where it's one o'clock in the morning for me, it's like what eight in the afternoon. No, for you? it's like five o'clock. So, as listeners know, the bar has officially opened here in Australia. <laughs> yes. Hey, it's it's always five o'clock somewhere. Well, you know, but yeah, in it, Australia, it, it, it always just, is. <laughs> well, it it just works out for me because I generally work nights, and this is generally when I'm getting off of work. Which is convenient for you because this is probably when you're getting off work. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah, well, look out. You may you may find more and more requests coming your way to join us. So thank you, as I said again, Tricky. Thank you, listeners. Thank you to the new listeners. As I said last time, we have noticed a bit of a spike in listenership. I do appreciate that. If you can help us out in any way, please do so. Tell somebody. We're available on all good podcast providers. You can come and say hi on Twitter at push the number two plat, push two plat, or send us an email at push two plat at gmail.com. All Mindy's details are the same from last week, but I'll drop them in the show notes if you want to find her this week. And oh, and we have a Discord. It's kind of nice. Yeah, look, look, I'm not a huge Discord fan, but it is kind of nice. There's some really cool people in there or whatever else, and it's not spammed out or anything. It's the only thing in this thing that is not spammed out, Tricky. So look at that. There you go. So look, with that, listeners, I'm going to leave you. Have an awesome week. I hope you're keeping your head above water. There are so many fantastic games out there. Play for yourself. Play for fun. Play however you like. Thanks, Tricky. Thank you, and happy Tobion, everybody. 